Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 54, Family Dinner. Family Dinner! Dinner! What's that from? Like Andy Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Lori Krieg, and I am here with my husband, Matt. Hello. And birthday boy. Sorry. Yes, happy birthday to me. Sorry. Birthday boy, that's so... Birthday, gentlemen. Yes. No, no, no. The age I'm getting to, call me boy. That's fine. <laughs> Lad. Yes. Birthday, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> Birthday, Jen. Is his name is producer Steve, and you are hitting a big number, big twenty-one, two one. That's right. You can drink now. <laughs> yes. Hey, do you want to say how old? I'm going to be fifty. What? Uh, hey, look at you saying that with the, right. using the diaphragm and no shame there and <laughs> everything. That's right. Well, we are so excited that you are part of this podcast, and so excited mm-hmm. to celebrate with you. By Thanks. saying happy birthday on this podcast. Thank it's not you. really all about you, but no, it can be in this moment and now this I'm half moment a buck and is now it's done. Okay. Yay. Move along. That other voice that kind of sounds like mine is my <laughs> favorite little sister, favorite and only little sister, <laughs> Angela Bowles. Angela, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Are you happy to be here? How yeah. was it when I coerced you to come <laughs> onto our podcast and talk about personal stuff? Oh, okay. Um, good. I think I knew it was coming. Yeah. I don't always love to be in front of the spotlight. So yeah. this is a little anxiety ridden for me. But for the most part, I'm very excited to be here. And I um, would love to support whatever's happening here. Well, I'm excited to have you because we're going to be talking about family dinner, which even though Angela is actually in my biological family. So I am, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I am the ninth oldest of 12 children. That's right, folks. (laughs) Two parents had 12 (laughs) children, single birth, no twins, no adoptions. And Angela, what's your number? Not name, just number. Just number. (laughs) I'm number 11. (gasps) And so there are, we've got a bunch older than us. You're the youngest girl, so you're the seventh girl. Mm-hmm. And Angie and I have been friends. We've been, it's been interesting to watch our friendship mm-hmm. develop over the last year. So, uh, true story, she actually lives in my neighborhood and a uh, few houses down. And that's kind of a dream come true. And the other five sisters will ask us, so is it like, I mean, do you guys kind of hate each other now? <laughs> like, is it like not good? And we're like, nope, still the best. Stop trying to make fetch happen. No, stop. <laughs> mean Girls reference there. Uh, stop trying to break us up. But I remember growing up, I was trying to reflect on our, our little childhood. I remember in fifth grade, mom sewed us some blankets. Wait, your fifth grade or my fifth grade? Sorry, my fifth grade. So you're five years younger than I am. I First know. kindergarten, Math. one of those. One of those. So a grade below. Mm-hmm. And mom sewed us some Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 oh. blankets. Remember those? Yes, I do. I was too old for that, but I sure <laughs> did love it. And we also had giant stuffed animals. How to old match. were you, 12? About that. And I was at school. I was like, I'm so cool. And then at home, I'm like, I'm actually not at all. And a big dork. <laughs> and we played lots of American Girls. Yes. Again, was too old for that. And um, but what I you- wasn't. That was really kind, Lori. Yeah. And I loved you and I loved hanging out, but it wasn't just me. Past like- tense. <laughs> I loved. <laughs> so this is our breakup podcast. So bye. 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 Um, <laughs> 
But our Matt is already do, do rolling need, his do eyes. Do I need to like rein it in a little bit here? No. I mean, I know the sister trail can go for quite some time. So too long. What's the sister tra- trail, Matt? Yeah, you should explain. Yeah, what's that, what a that mean? Um, well, what it, it's basically when a normal conversation devolves into a bunch of random sounds. Bleep <laughs> 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 blorp. Okay, I do call Angela after a long day of intense ministry doing, and what is it? Ten minutes of just giggling. I will call you with different voices. My yes. latest favorite is an elderly woman. Where I'm like, from the Midwest. Hello, Angela. How are you today? And you're like, ugh. Yep. <laughs> Talk. No, no, I usually I play ball. I, Except I if you're at work. And so Angela's oh, an interior yeah. designer. I am. I'll be like, Angela, how's work? I'd be like, yes. Um, that's uh, th- I'm doing great. I'm I'm doing real well. Um, how's that project going? <laughs> And I don't stop. Okay. So I did say last week that we we're going to talk about when I came out to Angela, when I shared my story. Uh, but as I was praying and thinking through that, we're actually going to do a blog series on coming out in general. So sharing your story, something difficult in your life. Um, we did share some of that when I talked with my dad, our dad on the podcast. I've shared some of that in talking with one of my friends, Amber Pearson. That episode was called I'm Coming Out. Uh, so this one, instead of focusing just on when I shared my story with her, We wanted to talk about kind of a ministry thing we started, and it's called Family Dinner. And we invite people to come to usually our house, Matt and my house. And it's it's a group of people who the common goal is people seeking community. And I was just praying, and Matt was praying, and God was prodding our hearts. And some of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you heard some of that evolution of us getting convicted that we weren't, we were talking the gospel and we were walking with people in kind of a clinical sense, in the sense that it was in, you know, the therapy office or when I was mentoring people or I was educating people on a stage, Matt and I were together. But what were we doing with our home? And I got super convicted by my own mouth on a stage where people were. I was talking about how the church is the hope of the world and we need to be able to open up our doors to anyone who needs family. And it was just the Holy Spirit pinpricking my heart and being like, you got to open up your own home and invite people in. So that began a once a month, what we called family dinner or family friend and family dinner. And then, um, but then it became weekly and Ange, you've been a big piece of that. So we're going to talk through how that came about. Um, but I do want to say, before we even get to the question of the week, or before we dive into family dinner, that whole how did I come out to Angela, I did it really poorly. It was on your 16th birthday, wasn't it? It was. It was on my 16th birthday. And I just, and it wasn't even, I didn't even call it coming out. It was just, I wanted to share my story with her. And I was like, oh, 16, she's a woman now. And right. I was all of 21. Matt, stop giving me you're doing weird sister Is there an voice. Asian woman? There is now. You're a today. woman now. Woman. Okay. <laughs> um, so I shared, I like took you out to your favorite place and then I made it all about me. So I'm really sorry for that. How'd that go for you? Oh, um, I don't think it's as crazy as you think it is. So first of all, I think I was just, sad because it was my birthday but other than that it was like you're just sharing another part of your life with me I mm-hmm. at the time I didn't have a box to put it in so of course it took me time to process mm. but I don't know as as time went on I realized how little your sexual identity actually affected our relationship yeah. as a whole 
Um, I mean, it didn't change that we still laughed about the office and parks and recreation and sister voiced all over the place. I mean, the, uh, the, the, my favorite parts about our, our friendship were not changed. So, Mm -hmm. and maybe initially it was, I don't know, just a, um, a time for me to realize what would change. And then once I did, it really wasn't a ton. Mm. Um, I mean, every part of, not to get on a soapbox, but every part of a friendship has growth and people change. And that's a true friendship. You evolve with it, right? Yeah. Each person does. And you. the point is to be there, which I think is, that's why Fram Din works mm-hmm. is because it's not about... Um, sexual issues necessarily Mm -hmm. it's just about being with people yes you see why i love her invited her on as much as we laugh together we also cry and talk deeply and i will say angela is an enneagram seven which i need to surround myself with sevens all the time otherwise i just hang out in my forehead (laughs) 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 forehead nice too much Mm. That That was really good. Instagram nerds, what up? Okay, we're going to move now to the question of the week from last week. So how do you get motivated to do something challenging? How do you get out of your own forehead? Uh, Is it a certain song, a verse, like a prayer, something you eat? So, Steve, let's start with you. Which which person's feedback did you appreciate and what would you answer? Yeah, I appreciated what Meg said. Meg said, anticipate what it will be like once said thing is complete. Yeah. So, for example, if I work hard this morning, I can take off early or at least end the day without a bazillion things on my mind. Totally. So I just appreciate it. It was very practical. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I never really have thought about like this intentionally, but I think that I relate to that. I think I do that. Um, Once you're done with X, then you get right, Y. Yeah. Right. It's sort of about sort of checking stuff off. But if it's something like super like daunting, yeah. then probably prayer mm. because it's like just desperate, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. MK? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really liked what Lynette said. She said, wait till the last minute. <laughs> you know, there's that motivational factor there when it's like, oh, shoot, this got to get done. And I feel like that's something that I've done a lot in my life. And thankfully, I'm, I'm actually moving a little bit away from that. And the, the thing that's been helping me has been a lot of time when I procrastinate, when I'm waiting to the last minute, it's because I'm, I'm just avoiding and I'm like worried that I'm not going to be able to have fun if I'm like lost in this project or this hard thing. Oh. And so, so to be able to like set aside time where I know that I'm going to be able to to like disengage from it. So it's been more of like a time management thing rather than saying, I'm going to work on this until it's done, not knowing when that's going to be. I'll say, I'm going to work. I'm just going to work for 45 minutes and then I'll take a 15 minute break to just like, so it it makes it not as daunting. So that's, that's one of the tricks that's been actually working for me, which has been surprising. That makes me think of our relationship because I think, I can go down to Sirius Island very often. And you're like, ah, are we ever going to get out of this serious place? Which is why, you know, even in this very podcast, we intentionally carve out time for fun. So this is helping me learn more about you, Matt, is that when it's serious time, it's nice to know, okay, there's going to be a breather. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yep. It's not forever. (laughs) It's 
deep conversation is not forever. Oh, oh no. Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, bear me strength. <laughs> Lord, bear me strength. All right, Ange, up to you. Is that how you get motivated? Um, I would say if it's something that I feel in my heart that God is leading me to, then I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm encouraged by what my dad has prompted me to do since I was a kid, which not is your, your dad, only? just my dad, not your dad, <laughs> no, both of our dads, both of our dads, <laughs> dad, singular, where's the plural? Okay, go ahead. The dad of we too, Should I, I think is really the proper. There it is. Gr- Thank thee the and also these. The dad of we too. Yes. He, he always told me to just take the first step because it's so, that's like the biggest most difficult part is the first step of anything um if it's like a really big deal sometimes i'll call a friend i'll phone a friend hmm. Lori, and be like i don't know if i should do this and Hello. then i get advice it's called outside it's called <laughs> we have this competition in our phone calls of who can tell the other person what the weather is like before the other person can and somehow you win and you get to trap the other person in the phone conversation for as long as you can usually with like hyper spiritual quotes I don't take Christmas any wooden blessings. Christmas blessings. Traveling mercies. And then the other person wants to get off so bad. You're like, you're I like, have to walk like, the dog. Yeah, you're trapped on the phone. You can't hang up or it's rude. Yeah, I would hang up. Did out. you see those stars out before? They were nice. So there we are. Where are we? Okay, question of the week. <clears throat> For me, I thought not as spiritual. I said brushing my teeth helps. What? Let <laughs> me get motivated to do something difficult. How okay. have I never heard this before? Hold on. What? Hold on. Hold brushing up, hold up, brushing hold your teeth. Is it the mint? Because you yeah. chew a lot of gum. It's oh, the no. mint. I'm Lori, outed. it's the mint. Is it the mint? Does the mint help you like tackle the day? Probably. Oh, that makes me understand your gum addiction a little more. Oh, my word. We're having <laughs> marriage surprising. counseling right now. Wow. All so right. Matt will buy me the giant mint containers that are meant for like the car pack. No, I can literally go through one ones? of those. No, it's like the tub o mental. Yeah, like it fits in the cup holder of the yeah, car. Yeah, pops up. You're like, I could, this will probably last me like three weeks. Right. One day, <laughs> I can chow down the that. The whole thing? If, I know. It's, Are you concerned for my How do you not have like terrible TMJ? I probably do. Wow. This, huh. Everyone's giving me grimace face right now. This like the purple guy from McDonald's? <laughs> We've gathered you here today. Grimace, the purple guy from McDonald's. I heard that. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Grimace? Yep. Yeah. He's all about the milkshakes. Yep. Why is he Grimace? Yeah. Too many milkshakes. Why is he angry? Too much He's gum. He's got an ice cream headache. Oh. Oh. There you go. That's so we're learning so many right. things. So, <laughs> mint. Only mint, not gum. I have to like seriously not buy it. But then too, before, so that's like before I speak, I'll like brushing my teeth and putting on lipstick that I like. And even though I don't want to say that because I angst against girl stereotypes, but I do like certain lipstick. And then listening to the Bible app uh, of any variety that always just fills me up and never lets me down, but not like a Bud Light because it's the Bible I'm moving into heresy. Going to stop talking. Goofball Island. Time for Goofball Island. All right. I'm excited about being here. We are that 15-passenger church van that we took last week. We're swinging it back around, folks, because that was our vehicle that we drove with our 11 brothers and sisters. And we are playing the game after getting out of that church van called 12 Kids Got Me Like. 
Angela, we want to reflect on your childhood and what it was like to be number 11 of 12. Now, you have five questions. This is kind of like the fast five I do with people. Number one, our family resembled which characteristics of the following Hollywood families? The first one, the Kardashians. How did we resemble the Kardashians? Not at all. <laughs> I honestly had to Google the Kardashians. What? Yeah. And I was... because I've a millennial? Never, <laughs> I am. How old are you? I, I'm just... I'm scared of th- seeing anything with the Kardashians. Um, yeah. I, okay. So I so would say not at all. Okay. 16 and counting or 17 or 19. It's How 19. Many kids? No. Yeah. 19 kids? Okay. Mm-hmm. When you watched or... I couldn't... I literally can't even watch that show because it gives me a panic attack. Ooh. How about you? How do we resemble them? I also Googled this family. What? The Duggars. Yeah, the yeah. Duggars. Um, I would say we resemble them. Um, some things I saw pop up is they like are pretty modest, which I believe we were yeah. very modest. Do they wear up. dresses? They're like allowed to, and they can wear pants though, and shorts and everything. But they like okay. wear like long, long uh, shorts and like long skirts, which we did not do. The the t- big family stereotype is like skirts and right. Little House in the Prairie outfits, although. The sisters did do that for a while. Yeah, they did legit dress up in Little House on the Prairie outfits. Um, so I, I would say pretty heavily we were we were kind of like 19 kids and counting family. I mean, would it be Duggars. like two-thirds of the way there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. How about the Shroot Family Farms family? Family. <laughs> um, From The Office. So if you don't watch The Office... I don't know. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Just kidding. We love you. Please listen and share it with everyone. But can someone else, Steve, you seem like you could describe the Shroot family. I feel like maybe it would be so great one day to get feedback from someone um, named Cousin Mose. Yes. yes. What? Right? Yes, I would love if that. If your name is Cousin Mose. Please, do you run like Mose? <laughs> do you run like Mose with his elbows out? No, he's like, oh, his yeah, arms, arms right is yeah. the opposite. Perfectly straight. Yeah. Okay, yes. so they're just kind of awkward family that lives mm. on a farm. Yep. They look decently Amish to stereotype yeah. or Mennonite dressed that way, mm. and they are just kind of awkward. They so are how are we like that family? I could see us being like the Shroots in a way where we're a little bit um, naive, where what? they don't know tons about culture, um, yes. sheltered, mm. etc. Which leads us nicely into question two. What is the most big family thing that we did that you thought was normal but actually wasn't? Um, we always had enough people for anything. Like a sporting activity, a yeah. cakewalk. Oh, cakewalks. We owned those. We, Dad would yeah. be like, whistle us up. Yeah. And then he'd be like, come on, kids. We're getting dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd get like all the cakes. All the cakes. We which, never lost. And people were kind of like, this is so funny. I can't even tell them to not do this. Yeah. But it was definitely taking advantage of the system. They're like flipping through their craft book rule book. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, what? The- yes. I can't kick them out. Yeah. There was always enough people for like a good lengthy conversation for um, to play basketball, anything. Um, you loved those lengthy conversations as a seven. As a fly on the wall. How about that? <laughs> and I could come and go as I pleased because no one noticed when I was gone. We've had to learn how to connect, haven't we, Is in our funness and our deepness. Absolutely. Who's your favorite sibling? Question three. Favorite sibling. There's one right um, answer. <laughs> okay, for so- whom you've gotten a huge tattoo in order to represent your love for this favorite <laughs> sibling. Who, Angela? Who? I did get a tattoo for you, Lori. But it wasn't for you. It was for me, but it was about you. Oy. Um, Yeah, it's like a rabbit and 
crystals and fall leaves and all sorts of stuff. But I would say answer that question by saying we call each other BSFF, best sister friend forever. Yeah. So that that answers that question, I think. Right. Gotcha. That's that name for each other. And other siblings listening should feel. I don't want to tell them. I'm how just to kidding. Feel. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can't. I can't <laughs> rightfully do that. Okay, we kind of already answered this one. When I call you on the phone, why is it the best phone call you ever get? We've gone down that. It's ridiculous. There's no substance to it, like, ever. I know. <laughs> if Hunger Games were real and we had Stop to fight it. to the death, Stop. who would you partner with and who would win in the family? So there's 12 of us. How many? There are 13 districts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, so it- if Hunger Games, for those of you who don't know, is where kids get in a ring and they have to fight each other to the death. So I'm just hypothesizing So wait a second. Here. Follow-up questions. Are my yes. parents involved? Are just my the parents. parents are just your parents. Just are biting parents. the nail, their nails, watching they create us. Create the game. Uh, it's called arena dinner time. <laughs> um, in-laws, in-laws count, but you're gonna have to describe them. Uh, let's see. I would partner with Andy, my brother-in-law, because he's Mister Outdoors and very scrappy, mm. and feels like he would win and then he it seems like he'd be, make my death real quick <laughs> like fairly merciful like just a little st- yeah yeah yep was the right answer you as the partner i don't really i no i got the favorite no i'm fine dying early in there i'd like to see jesus it's good yeah andy would win he's got muscles in the beard he looks like he would win okay Okay, guys, if you're still with us, listening to a sister face all over, uh, we are going to move to the heart of the matter where we're going to actually answer some of the questions. I actually get a decent amount of questions from you all about how do we do family dinner because we have alluded to it throughout some of the podcasts, just this thing that we were started and we have started and some of you have started a family dinner or frammed in is what Angela called it, which is friends I can talk friends and family I don't know why it's so hard to say uh in some of you are like we're doing Tuesdays we're doing Saturdays and so it makes my heart so happy when people are doing that but it, they kind of get this like uh oh, are we doing it right now I am not about to say that we're doing it right um but we are doing something and we're trying our best and it seems like there's some um there's some results that we're seeing as a result of just simply providing food and a safe place for people. But before we get into the specifics of what is the essence of our family dinner, and I just would love to hear real quick, you mentioned crystals on your tattoo, but I do know that you love Jesus. I do. I don't know if people picked up on that. (laughs) You love Jesus. I do. Not also and crystals, but it was just a cool tattoo design. The crystals symbolize growth, Lori. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> but Angela, we ask every guest this. If the gospel is all fall short, all are loved, I'm more sinful than I believe and more loved than I can imagine. How is the gospel first good news for you and how is it still? That is a great question. Um, so I was saved as a kid and I think it was good news then, but it was maybe more significant, better news later in my life. Yeah. Um, and while I was a Christian, absolutely, in my um, little kid and teen years. Pre and post tattoo. She still loved Jesus. I, I do. <laughs> Lori has a tattoo also. Um, let me just, let me just get that out there. Not with crystals as swords. <laughs> so. 
yeah, even though I was definitely a Christian as a kid and as a young adult, I think the gospel um, was good, like better news for me um, in college. So it's kind of when I first experienced difficulty, like super difficulty in my life was um, going through my finals as a senior in college. And I remember uh, at one point, you and I were taking a walk and you said, and it just feels like you're holding yourself together with duct tape. And that was so accurate um, seeming. Um, And it just, it really, it struck home for me. And I thought, you know, what could I even do different to fix this? And you kind of helped me start to rest in Christ. And um, you kind of showed me the ropes for that, which was really wonderful. And I didn't, I realized that Jesus wasn't my ticket to heaven necessarily. He was my safe place and mm-hmm. um, my rescuer, not of just like the physical stuff I was going through, but a resting place for my heart. Um, mm-hmm. And that was more than I ever could have dreamed of. And um, yes, yeah, so that was about five years ago or so. I didn't know I played such a role in, mm-hmm. in some of your development as a believer that's really neat mm-hmm. i do remember that season you said you went from a life that was like oh, i'm gonna live my life and sprinkle a little jesus yes, on me and that's exactly the phrase <laughs> yeah. sprinkle a little jesus on cool because you want him for the good things that he gives yeah. you in that moment bless this, but bless this mess not any struggle or difficult things yeah. when you really need him to not just be the sprinkles but yeah. to be the whole meal because that's the only thing that satisfies right and so even if it doesn't change your the physical things that happen doesn't make your life quote unquote better. Yeah. Um, it is a hundred thousand percent better. I love it. Okay. So y'all, I mentioned how Matt and I were getting convicted and this was about in January, February of 2018. And we're like, we got to start opening up our house and sweet, precious, vulnerable Angela and her husband, <laughs> Austin, we're down the road and we're like, um, help us, <laughs> help us invite people into our home. And, I wrote down a mission statement for family dinner, which I haven't done. Uh, Honestly, I think we've just kind of been like, oh, let's follow the Holy Spirit. Let's just open up our doors and see what happens. And so here's the mission that I wrote down. Ange and Matt, what do you think? I said to reflect Jesus by providing weekly dinner for people to be affirmed, desired, included, seen, loved, nurtured, safe, rested, purposed, and viewed as uniquely special. That list I just did is our core needs. If you look on our site, we talk about core needs a lot. So I just was thinking that's really what we're doing is hitting those we're trying to exemplify family and, and hitting some of those for people do you guys agree disagree yeah well and I, I definitely think that it's easier to tie you know certain pieces of that into to family dinner like being you know safe like it's a safe place for people to come and really just be open and talk about well, how do we whatever make they it, need well how and, do we and, make it safe and so yes providing a meal for someone but it's I mean we were also somewhat selective at first about the people that we invited in order to create an atmosphere where people are going to talk about real stuff if they want, yet everyone's kind of been prepped to to be able to handle it also. Not that they like took classes with us or anything, but, you know, the people that we invited at first to set the tone were were people that were kind of open and, and more willing to be vulnerable in mm-hmm. their own lives and, and to listen to other people as well. And we intentionally invited LGBT people 
and not in order to just be like, okay, we don't need a special LGBT group. We can try and have this be just like a slice of the church to just exemplify how we can talk and get along and eat together and and um, just care about one another. But I think some of that safety is is some people get really triggered by the LGBT conversation and people. And so if they meet someone, then they can just go catatonic or say the wrong thing. And, and even though we haven't had everyone, like you can't police everyone everyone's mouth but we knew the heart and the substance of the people we were inviting enough to be like okay they're they're going to be willing to listen and to care and to lean in and we've seen that to mm. be true and i think we that safety thing like we've got little kids in our home and i am like a spaz attack when it comes to being protective in some ways and mm-hmm. i i wanted to know and pray through and meet people before we invited anyone willy-nilly and so everyone knows now if they meet people if they want to invite someone to family dinner they got to Matt and I got to use our discernment ability the best we can before inviting them in. So for those of you listening, if you're doing this in your home, it's okay to use discernment and to not invite every single person. That's our opinion, especially with little kids. And um, you just never know. I'd rather meet people and you can't guarantee things. But we even had like some rules. Okay, nobody goes upstairs to where the girls' rooms are or anything like that. So we have certain boundaries that we put in place. Everyone, this is the bathroom that we use. And so that people can feel like, okay... Matt and Lori got it and Angela and Austin. Ange, how how do you feel like we meet those needs as far as like the, the heart needs of people? Yeah. Um I think it's a lot of listening. Um yeah. you know, being the change you want to see kind yeah. of thing. So listen a lot. Um allow for fun, which is really that's my favorite, of course. Um and be, which, what's the fun that we do? We do play games, which is awesome. And it's necessary to do that, I think, because it sets the tone for, um, I don't know, varying things. It's it's not just like it's it doesn't turn into some sort of support group necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's more um, kind of just a family where you could talk about difficult stuff, mm-hmm. but you could also be, have a lighthearted conversation. Yep. The um, game that we really like is Telestrations, which is like it's telephone Pictionary. Yeah. So everyone can play. It doesn't take it's not Cones of Dunshire. Well, there really isn't even a winner. No, the, the winner <laughs> is the fact that they just get ridiculous and everyone laughs. Everyone yes. laughs. And so some there's of a camaraderie them, and laughter. Some of them, some people get a little more um, silly than others. I don't know who that would be and who <laughs> needs to let off some steam sometimes. And so it goes bonkers. <laughs> Not me. No, but I think it's it's also important to say um, to be vulnerable in those places is, is tough to kind of start that. Yeah. But it is necessary, absolutely, especially as somebody who um, is kind of a part of the the start of it is you're like, okay, here, I'm going to be vulnerable and yes. it's scary and it's not my favorite thing. And, mm-hmm. um, but you're great at that. And then I think, I don't know, you've, you've been helpful by being very intentional. I think that's not my strongest suit. Intentional so. and like asking questions of Absolutely. people. Yeah. So we grew up with a great dad, which y'all have heard if you've listened to that podcast with Randy Heckman. Oh, my dad, not your dad. I grew up with a great dad. Sorry. Why is that such a silly I don't joke? Know. Our father, not in heaven, but on earth, uh, is. It really was great at doing the. Okay, I got twelve kids around the table. We got thirty minute 
dinner meal. Uh, everyone go around and share your highlight, low light, funny light. That was something mm-hmm. we do. And we've done that at family dinner, too. And mm-hmm. it's I think you and I grew up in such kind of chaos that it's even with 12 people around our table, Matt and my table, um, just having people there and just recognize, OK, we can we don't you can share at Z level or a level of depth, but you can we can all get to know each other mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah. Matt, what are some elements that make up family dinner? Well, there's a lot of food prep. <laughs> which Matt tends <laughs> which to do Which I typically do. Uh, I do honestly, like the cleaning but... and you do a lot of food. Yeah, no, but it's, I mean, there it's was a lot of prayer that went into it. You know, we, even back when we were dating, we had said that we wanted our house to be a place where people could come to. Mm-hmm. And so when we started to get convicted about not having done that, you know, through talking to Rosaria and reading Francis Chan's book, like we really did start to pray about it and ask, okay, what, what can we do? Yeah. You know, and, and so the thing that we were like, well, we know a lot of people who feel a lack of community. Including ourselves in some sense. Including ourselves in some sense. And so we knew that we didn't want to just be leading something else. And so even knowing like our own limitations and saying this can't be something that is just another thing we're doing for the ministry. Yeah, you and I. So like we couldn't lead another small group. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a small group. It wasn't. It was literally like we we thought we want a community. We want a place where people can feel known. But it also has to be a place where, where we can feel known. Mm-hmm. And and so there was a lot of there was a lot of prayer. There was like recognizing our own needs and limitations in it, mm-hmm. and then just trying to find people who wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, which one of them happened to be, you know, your sister, and mm-hmm. that was great. Mm-hmm. But me, how did you feel when I first asked you to be a part of it, or yeah. what I thought of the group as a whole? Um, anything. <laughs> no. How did you feel when I first asked you? And then like, just as it's been, how has that evolved your perspective of the group? I, of course, wanted to be a part of it. I think we had recently moved from California and we're still trying to find our footing as far as friendships. Yeah. Footing as far as friendships. Good alliteration. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic alliteration. Okay. So I was thankful to have a place where it felt like oh, it's already people who want to have fun and also be vulnerable, also mm. want to become friends who don't know each other very well and all walks of life, all different churches, all the things. So I was kind of excited for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt, what do you appreciate about it? And then I would love, I actually asked a few people from the family dinner group, which it's about 12-ish people come consistently, which is really, it seems like a good number. Um, and I've we've intentionally not been like, and it's an open house party every Saturday night, which Saturday night's when we do it. Um, we've been intentional about it because we'd love for other people to pick a different night of the week or do the same night in their area, which, side note, if you've been following my Instagram, I'm reading Francis Chan's new book on the church and it is destroying me and I am secretly nervous that God is going to have this turn into some sort of house church. Oh no, I just said that on the podcast, but I don't know what it's going to turn into. Right now, it's just very, very chill and and really like family. But Matt, how have you, or what have you thought about it? And and what might you, what do you think that, where can we grow as the family dinner? Well, I, I mean, I guess the thing that I've really liked seeing is, you know, you talked about having, you know, the putting up protections and stuff because we do have little kids, but I've really loved seeing just the interaction 
of of people with our daughters yes. you know and and you know the people that come i mean it's like our our oldest daughter gwen she's super excited like she she starts praying for the family and it's like all of her cousins all of family dinner all of like the people that she interacts with that she cares about and it's it's just really cool to see that in her mind they like truly have been like kind of adopted into the family yep. And, and so like, yeah, we put up protections, but there, there's been so much blessing, even especially for the girls to have so many people that they can look to and, and almost, you know, have as, as, as mentor role model possibly, you know, in the future. And, and serve. Yeah. Cause that's the whole Francis Chan thing is like, we've viewed our kids as a burden. And so to have them help unload the dishwasher and help you put with air quotes, help, uh, you put, uh, vegetables and the soup. I, why do I not know any cooking words right now? <laughs> Chop up vegetables and put I, it in the soup. I typically don't give our two and four-year-old daughters sharp knives, knives to see, chop vegetables. You can not see how much I help. <laughs> <laughs> we, I have them do it, and I clean. <laughs> no. But to have them help or, like, set the table and, and get everything just ready for everyone to yeah. come is really sweet. And having us start to be on mission as a family, we love that. What I love, too, is I asked people who come their thoughts about family dinner. And so we're going to go around and just read some of their perspectives. Because I didn't know. I didn't know what they would say. Um, I'll read one from a friend and we'll just go around. Someone who comes, this person said, The freedom I felt by being truly authentic there in a safe setting has given me the hope that I can be exactly who God created me to be everywhere else in my life. Not what others want me to be or who I think I should be, but what and who Christ has equipped and is teaching me to be. That's cray cray. So that whole like meeting that need to be like unique and have purpose and to be on mission really, I did not expect that. This quote really spoke to me. Um, the Fram has been monumental in modeling what doing life and community looks like as vulnerably broken people who love Jesus. A beautiful picture of what the church could or should be. Which is crazy. It's mm-hmm. just food and <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hmm. Matt? Yeah, I, I kind of, I wish I knew who, who said some of these quotes, but um, I, the one that, I'm going to take the short one. <laughs> Family dinner is a place that I can come and no matter what, be welcomed, cared for, and loved. And that's really what we were hoping for when we started it. So, true story, friends. Matt and I actually tried to start a sort of family dinner when we moved back from California before Angela did to Michigan. And we invited a few people and we, A, didn't really know that many people to invite. And B, we didn't really pray about it or really have a mission or a sense or or really like a spirit like tugging as to what we needed to do. So with this last question, if people are listening and they're like, we want to start something like this. I, I would just love to just go around the room. What what should you start doing? And I'll throw in, you need to pray. And be like, God, do you want us to do this? And then think, pray through even like the day and like the commitment. I, I personally, because if you start inviting people and you're meeting these core needs, you're meeting that felt need of community. And then you're like, oh my word, I'm exhausted. So Matt and I, as we were praying through this, we're like, okay, is this something that we can commit to? Because that feels horrible when people are like, yeah, we're going to do it. Just kidding. We're not going to do it. Mm. So just... If you're thinking through, should we do this, pray about it and make sure that you can commit and and do it either every week or once a month. And if someone's thinking through it and just wanting to start a family dinner, what would you say for them to do? I think if they 
find that they have the clarity, they've been praying, and um, they feel God tugging on their heart, I think they should just go forward and ask the people that are in their forefront of their minds. Um, because it can be, I feel like I can come off as a little too strong sometimes, and I'm <laughs> afraid to ask people to do things. Mm. But the worst that they could say is no, yeah. and that's all right. So just take the first step. Just ask. Well, and it's it's nice to have, you know, if someone if someone has been praying about it, if they started asking people, you know, if it's growing, it's okay to also ask for help. And and I think that's something that we had to learn to do because at first it was like us cooking all the meal, yeah, everything, and then it was like quickly, wow, cooking for twelve people is is a burden, and so and we a started, lot of money, yeah, and so yeah. we started asking like, hey, can you just bring a side dish, and mm-hmm. yep. you know, trying to coordinate, okay, who's bringing what, who's you know, and so it, it takes some of the burden off, which has been really nice to be able to allow for us to keep that commitment because it makes it more sustainable. Mm. We love it, and it. It's a really sweet time of of just being together, and, and it's a piece of, of the church. And it actually even motivates us, because we do it on Saturday nights, to go and see many of these people, or they start coming because they come to family dinner, and then they come to our church. And so then we see each other there, and it's instead of like, oh, I haven't seen you in a week, it's like, what up? How you doing? <laughs> so thanks, guys, for asking us these questions and for leaning in and we still, we don't have this nailed and maybe we'll do another follow-up in a year or six months or so when we start our house church. Please. No, I don't want to. God. Wait, maybe I need to say yes. Doesn't God language make you do what you don't want to do? That's terrible. Uh, but sometimes it feels true. Um, we'll see what happens after we all get convicted with the next round of the French Hand series. Um, but the question of the week for next week is actually something that those of us in this room would really like to know the answers to. So please help us is what are your favorite group games for like 12 to 15 people so we mentioned telestrations and we do some other like if not enough people come we'll do a smaller sort of game but we would love what are maybe youth group leaders can you help us out or whoever has also 11 brothers and sisters and it's the answer is not hide and seek because i know put you would them think kids you would in know bed, the answer though. to this though i know we should be the experts we're not the experts no, we're we not. did plays and movies and I don't thought know. we were the Von Trapp family. We did. We sang a lot. Too much. Too much singing. <laughs> so much we singing. We thought that was normal too. Very weird. <laughs> Angela, thank you for being on this podcast. You're I welcome. hope not everyone was excluded by our sisterliness. We got lots of <laughs> silent laughs by Steve and lots of eye rolls from Matt. So thank you for joining us, Steve and Matt. Happy mm. birthday, Steve. Oh, thanks. Yay. We are so glad you're born and are part of this. <laughs> Seriously, it's the best. All right. So for those of you who are listening, thanks so much for sharing this podcast with your friends and um, for writing reviews. Only kind reviews, please. No, just kidding. You can tell us what you really think, but we like the nice ones, too. Uh, But that helps people to find us and to listen. Uh, For those of you who support us, thank you for your new donorship. We're going to send you a bracelet and also a a bracelet. What kind of bracelet, Lori? What are you talking about? It's one I wear every single day, and it says Gospel Addict stamped on it, hand-stamped by local artists. Everything's local that we do here because I want to support. But it says Gospel Addict, which what is a Gospel Addict? It's someone who knows their daily desperate need for a savior. So we're going to open up our Hole in My Heart store soon where there's hats, which Steve and Matt refused to wear the Gospel Addict bracelet. I wore mine last night. <gasps> you did? Just kidding. Steve does not. Matt doesn't wear one. Wait, wait. You wore the bracelet or the hat? The hat. Oh. Yeah, no, I wear the hat. The bracelet I'm My not into. My point was you guys oh. don't wear the bracelet, but you do wear the hats. Yes. All right. 50%. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, but if you become a new donor, 20 bucks or more a month, we will send you one of those Gospel Attic bracelets for free. And I'll write you a nice thank you note. Hopefully it's nice. I'll write you a note. You can be the judge. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Question. Quick what? question about the, the store. When is the Hole in My Heart Gospel Addict sweater vest coming in? Because as a counselor, I need that. <laughs> Would it be embroidered Gospel Addict? Like in the, in the, la, the lapel? No. The, what's this part? The front... <laughs> the chest? <laughs> the monogram area. The clavicle. The, yeah, yes. Okay. Would this be an Argyle vest? It has to Absolutely. be Argyle to match Must. Matt's lifestyle, his counselor lifestyle. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much for you all listening and for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We will see you next week. We need we to take a soups cheesy pick, BT Dubs. Never had someone that you're quite as sisterly with on the podcast. It's so true. What are we gonna do? I know. What if I go full blown sister I mode? I really will have to do. rein that in. No one's gonna understand it. Everyone's gonna be. All your listeners are gonna be really. This is I'm Matt and Steve checking out. <laughs> That's right. Like I can just feel like the bouncing of being in the back. Yeah. Of the van. No. Was, oh, and the pukes. What pukes? Who puked? I don't remember that. Didn't your stomach feel sick all the time? Well, yes, but I never threw up. No. That's the, that's the you part of being 11 through No, no. Throw up. No you just throwing. You just get in the car, <laughs> count off, sing the song at the nursing home, back in the car. If you have to throw the car, up, you better hurry up and wedge that you tiny <laughs> window open. It's like two and a half popper. inches. <laughs> and you get your own puke bucket when you get yeah. home. You do? Did your mom get you a puke bucket? You're catered to little Lily Liver Eleven's <laughs> Bar. I was not. I'm stuff number nines and middle. Just because I'm the blessedy blessed number seven doesn't mean you get to judge me. Blessedy blessed seventh sister. Seven Eleven. Don't worry about it. What? I never even knew that. Wow. <laughs> you didn't. Seven Eleven. Seventh Amazing. daughter, eleventh kid. What? <laughs> Fight me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, this wait. What? The, the treatment of the host of the guest <laughs> has this has never been like this. It's never been like this. Yeah. This is amazing. Okay. That's how you know that we're really close is she can yes. just verbally punch me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. And no. physically. No. Uh, please help me. Save me. <laughs> okay. All right. Angela, you're amazing. <laughs> I didn't ask any I'm other siblings. Like just letting you know. <laughs> I know. Well, I know we're recording, but I know this isn't uh, probably going to make. I hope it's not going to make the cut. Please make it make the cut. <laughs> I can put my eyebrows on it. Okay. It'd be worse if it was nose hairs. Ooh! <laughs> wow. So gross. Matt's gonna scratch his nose hairs on the mic. <laughs> I thought Angie and I's weird relationship was going to be the weird part tonight. What is wrong with you? Too That's very clients. shamey. So you're and, right. And family dinner is a place I can come no matter what. And well, this is a family, family dinner. For and love. Apparently the podcast. For shame. For shame. Anyway. Okay, Angie, did you get your laughs out? You detoxed? I think I'm okay. 
I lose it, can I like? You can restart. You can re- oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the disclaimers. Okay. If you say a sentence and you're like, "That was dumb," you can stop and be like, "I'm gonna take it again." Okay. You just or need if to you scream. Accidentally rub your beard here on the mic. I'm not gonna scream into the mic. Rub your beard. I can help it. That's good. If you need to rub your beard on the microphone, because. <laughs> I can't even finish that sentence, although it will be our question of the week. Why if would you, you had a beard, need to rub your beard? Would you rub it on the microphone? I keep thinking you say beer. beer. If you had a beer, well, what would you do with it? Would you rub it on the microphone? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, beer's great. Yes. So are beards. Yes. And a beard is great. Yes. Beer, beard, beard. Hair. But beer hair Ew. isn't something you ever want to say Ew. or think of. There's beard hair, there's beer, but not beer hair. <laughs> yeah, you don't want hair in your beer. Yeah. Yeah. 